0: Welcome to the Soccer Speakeasy. Today is Thursday, the twelfth of May, twenty twenty-two. It's uh, just after ten thirty in the morning as we record two days prior to game day. Saturday, the the crew plays uh, at New York City FC, finishing up a, a tour of of uh, trophy winners uh, from from last season. Um, I'm Mike A. Race. Thanks for joining us. Uh, with me, per usual, at the Speakeasy is. Uh, is our fine crew beat writer? Uh, what's your name again?
1: Uh, underscore JC Myers. <laughs> uh, <is> that, <laughs> that, that would be it. And of course, Kyle Robertson,
0: um, uh, Jacob Myers, of course, being our fine crew beat writer. Um, we, we kid, um, you know, it's out of, out of affection. Um, let's get right to it. Gentlemen, the crew is, uh, uh c- climbed a little bit up to ninth place in the standings. Um, just to set it up, the the season's beginning to take form now that they're 10 games into a 34-game season. Um, uh, the Columbus entry is 3-3 uh, three, three and 4, 15 goals, for 11 against, plus 4. That's pretty good in the big picture of things as much as we've cracked on their offense. Yeah. Um, they're in ninth place with a plus differential um, and not a bad plus differential. You know, um, Philadelphia is plus 7 and they're at the top of the Eastern table. Of course, uh, it looks like the real powers are out West, um, LAFC and, and Austin, um, 23 points and 20 respectively. Um, and, uh, they're one, two in the league and wins. Uh, they're tied for the league lead in differential, uh, plus 13 and they're uh, one, two in, uh, goals for, um, so, uh, Austin, I, I imagine Oof. that, uh, against the backdrop of a, a surging, uh, Austin team that, uh, this this makes crew fans a, a little bit antsy. Um, uh, coming off the last game here, well, l- let's let's do the last two um, since it's been two weeks since since yep. we sat down here. Um, uh, prior to the last two games, the crew was um, on a four game losing streak. If you throw in the USL game or, or the USA Op- US Open Cup game at Detroit, a two to one loss. Part of that, they lost. By shutout, three consecutive games home against Nashville at Philadelphia, and home against Orlando. Um, they they come back from that that game in Detroit, the uh, the embarrassing loss uh, in Detroit, um, and they tie Kansas City on the road, and then uh, on, on the next Saturday, last Saturday, um, oh, well they tie Kansas City on the road, and then home against DC. They look to get back on the beam and a three nothing win. Takes a lot of pressure off the coach and the players too. Um, everyone wondering where offense was would come from. They they scored three goals. They won by shutout, uh, and then they they bounced back a week later and and uh, a tie on the road against the defending Supporters Shield uh, uh, titleist, the New England Revolution. Not a bad couple weeks, mm. Jacobs. Why don't you just take us take us through that any, any through any avenue you wish?
1: Yeah, I mean we'll start with setting up when we were setting up the DC United game, I think it was pretty obvious that if that wasn't going to be like the definitive barometer as if Caleb Porter kept his job or not. Certainly another loss at home during that stretch would have added some fuel to the fire or at least kept the conversation alive. Especially with the games that, that were upcoming, you know. Uh, yes, that's a great right. point too. It felt like one they absolutely needed uh, and, and, you know, they it started with the Sporting Kansas City match mostly because Lucas hadn't been starting in the lineup, but they have definitely found something with this 4-3-3 lineup with James Igbekeme and A. And Morris in there to kind of sure up that midfield and, and just gives a little more bite to this lineup but they played with a little less of the ball it, it starts with you know I think they were a little lucky in this right. game too I, as that, that term is so overused in soccer I get it but they really hadn't been getting those kind of bounces Ola Kamara puts one off the post comes right back to Aloy right. room and then Pedro Ooh. How many of those shots do Yeah, it' was a great <laughs> shot on this on the uh, free kick yeah. but how many of those you know hit off the last guy yeah. on the wall and, and go out of play for a corner?
0: That was also the backup keeper in there yeah. uh, and and uh, he was behind the wall for, for well, he didn't know for what he was whatever. doing i mean uh, <laughs> <laughs> again we, we've talked a little goalkeeping 101 uh, during the season, Kyle, and uh, they set they set up the wall to cover yeah, the left I'd, post and He stayed inside the The wall, and Pedro looked up and said, okay, (laughs) bam. I was like, you could have driven a semi through there. But please continue, Jacob.
1: Yeah, well, to go on from there. Well, just a couple yep. broad takeaways from this these last few games. Pedro Santos, yep. I, I think you could say he's playing like one of the best left backs in the league right now. I mean, he's looked really great on both sides. He sets up both of the goals at New England. Derek Etienne yep. scored against DC on a great pass from Josh Williams over the top, and then he has Derek has two assists yep. as a fill in at right back uh, against New England.
2: Tied for third in the league in assists. Is he? Yeah.
1: I, I mean, he's playing well, and that was a player that Caleb Porter publicly right. challenged. Same with Miguel Berry, got a goal, a good run, and, and Eric Hurtado yeah. showed up as well, uh, The one of the most unlikely sources to get a late goal, but uh, it was good to see, and the broadcast was yeah. talking about him looking better in training yeah. lately, so I guess something to watch out for, but well, and, broadly, and- there. They right. have been playing much better, and they, they right. seem to have a bit more spirit now, too. Well,
2: what I liked most about the New England game was the the way that they scored those those two goals. That was vintage, you know, when you had Zardes, you know, going from the back post, going to the front, making that run and getting the ball there on time and just putting it on goal.
1: And, and it's funny you say that, and I probably won't include this right. in a story I'm doing for, we're talking Thursday for Friday, about Miguel Berry and this kind of two-month stretch of being interesting for him before they get a new striker in here. He had talked about... He saw that play coming on his first goal at New England, and he likened it to a play when Jossie yep. scored against San Jose earlier this year. He just said it seemed to be everyone was in perfect rhythm, and, and he kind of equated the the stretches where they weren't kind of very fluid offensively and scoring goals as just them being off by a hair here or there. Uh, so it's something interesting to, to watch. It seems like they had some chemistry there. What, what do you think of this formation, Kyle? It's
0: obviously—is uh, it better suited for them, or is it something they needed to do because they were having
2: such a lack I'm, of success before? I mean, it was something that you had to do because nothing else was working. And and it's it's worked out. Yeah. It's taken a little pressure right. off. off I, I, the, but it's also—I mean—it's Morris in the middle. It's James on the outside. You know, Derek is in form, and you know, I think. When he's playing like he is, he's one of the best. But it's, it's a consistency thing. It's
1: I think you got to the point where they showed they can keep a lot of the right. ball and create chances that way, but they couldn't score. So, okay, how many games are they just going to continue here, keeping a lot of the ball, maybe creating chances, but not scoring right. and, and taking a loss until flipping it, f- flipping it a little bit, giving the other team the ball and just getting your best players on the field and putting a right. formation together that that fits that. Right. It'll be interesting now as Lucas Salarayan is likely to start on Saturday at New York city. That's what Caleb Porter said after Lucas has had some uh, knee inflammation from an injury he suffered against Red Bulls back in March, who comes right. off uh, a Morris, James Igbekeme, Miguel Berry, or Derek Etienne. Right. Uh, one, one of those guys is going to have to come off the bench I would think it's going to be one of those wingers, but it it seemed to be or maybe Aiden comes off and you put James back in the midfield because you can bring on Aiden Mm -hmm. if you need another guy to kind of disrupt the midfield. It'll be
2: interesting. But that's what the crew needs. They need they need to be able to have that one two punch of Lucas being able to hit those free kicks, those goal, you know, the, the long range shots, but then also get the balls in, you know, into Barry. Um, from the wing, and when you have that one-two kind of punch and things are going, I think that's what crew fans want to see and kind of have seen, you know, when they made that run, you know, to that cup just a couple years ago. That's what it was. It was a, you couldn't defend for, if you defend for one, then you got the other, and so kind of vice versa.
1: It it just seems to make more sense to get a guy like like Nagby with such great pace in the midfield and Lucas with an open... Kind of field to play with, and two guys coming down the wings or something, and, and, and yeah. a counterattack That seems to be their offense. Could be best uh, positioned that way.
0: Well, it's it's uh, as, as we sometimes say in, in the business. Uh, we we tend to report on the scoreboard and and the standings, and you know they went four league games without scoring a goal in the last, and they were oh three and one in those those four games, and then you know the last two they have five goals and and uh, four points. So. You know, that, it, it, that, does, well, that says a lot right there. And they're in right, danger of falling right. pretty deep uh, well, in the standings, if, if not for this rebound.
2: That Jacob also said a little bit of luck. I mean, New England had those two shots there at the end that kind of...
1: Oh, yeah. <laughs> Barely missed. Those are shots for sure.
2: You'd probably tip your
1: cap because oh, yeah. they're just rockets from from long range. Um, and you had a goalkeeper just kind of standing there. Oh, um, I hate that. At least on the last... The, the Carlos heel one, I... I I mean, that's like a Tim Wakefield knuckleball at at its best uh, coming at you. I don't know what you can do in that one. But going back to your point about the stretch, Mike, I looked at it coming in after D.C., three road games against New England, New York City and Atlanta. And then your home game is against LAFC, who's other than Philadelphia Union. I think those two tied this past weekend uh, with some, some reason, the league scheduled for 11 p.m. when you have the best two teams in your league playing, but that's another conversation. LAFC's playing some of its best soccer. I think you look at this stretch and say four points is okay, five is pretty good, right. and, and six would be excellent in, in these four games. So if they can just kind of weather this stretch here, and it's clear, too, they are playing better on the road. They don't have a win yet, uh, but th- it just seems to be they're in these games a lot more than they have been in the past. So what, is that three wins in
2: two and a half years for Porter on the road?
1: 20, well, yeah, discounting the MLS's back tournament when that was a neutral site. Yeah. Yeah. Correct. So, yeah, the
0: uh, previous two road games at Kansas City and at New England, New England being the most recent, a couple draws, 0-0 and 2-2. Things looking up a little. And and as Jacob said, we should (laughs) make the point again. I mean, they were looking at, you know, a four game losing streak. Well,
1: they could have been yeah. buried in this stretch, uh, yeah.
0: you know, prior to the Kansas city game, uh, you know, last month and, and, uh, with, with, uh, well, DC at home, New England on the road. And then, as you said, at New York city FC, the defending cup champions and then home against LAFC. Um, that'd be next Saturday. Uh, and they're only, um, Seven, one, and two with twenty-three, four, and ten, ten against.
1: Um, and the majority of these games early on are coming we, on the
0: road, Yeah. Right. And, and then at Atlanta, where you know the the birthplace of soccer, so <laughs> um, uh, and always a, a oh. tough place to play. Atlanta, where you blow your Achilles, right? I, I've never blown my Achilles in Atlanta. Well, on that but turf. Thanks, yeah.
1: thanks for asking. I'm well, what about the Miles Robinson thing? <laughs> yeah, bad news. <laughs> yeah. Bad news,
0: Bears. Uh, Jacob, why don't you take us uh, through this formation, what it looks like, who's in and who's out because of injuries or other reasons.
1: Yeah, so Steven Moreira at right back is coming back into the lineup. Uh, Caleb Porter said he and Lucas on are fit, so sounds like they'll start. Your center backs, you have your pick between Jonathan Menzel be there for sure, but either Josh Williams or Milos Degenek. Josh played. Uh, last two games, I believe, right? He was starting because Milos was out and had been on the bench this game. I don't think he was fully fit for 90 because of an injury. Uh, And then at left back, Pedro Santos has been playing great. The midfield three that I need to write about at some point, who I think has shown a lot of chemistry in Aiden Morris, Darlington Mm -hmm. Nagby, and Artur, you could make the argument that this midfield has really been kind of the uh, been the impact to get right. some results here. Uh, James Igbekeme can show he can be on the left or the right. I think he'll probably be on the right and Lucas el on the left coming in or you could yeah. play Derek. Yeah. Um, so that that's one way. I guess that's a good way to break it down is James on the right or Derek sure. on the right. Lucas in on the left probably and Miguel up top or you could take Aiden out and have James in the midfield, and Derek Etienne on the right, and James or sorry Lucas on the left, Miguel at the top. You got seven players in six spots. I think this is the <laughs> first time in a while, as much as they like to talk about depth, that we see their players that are actually in form that they can bring off the bench.
0: And and what, how does Zellorion like the false nine, or however you might describe it, in this formation?
1: Uh, I I don't think it. I think Caleb Porter has alluded to it not suiting Lucas's strengths best because he's basically not on the ball as much as he needs to be. So that's definitely an option they can do. They did that in the second half against New England, uh, and I think when he came in against against DC as well. But I I can see him more so on a wing and floating into the middle.
0: It does save him. I mean, uh, the workload isn't
1: nearly as heavy, although. Well, it's one thing. If they have a lead, they can then bring another defensive player in.
0: Right. We're we're talking about all these guys. I tripped over um, something at uh, MLSsoccer.com. They don't own the domain (laughs) MLS.com. Well, multiple That's a real estate. Multiple (laughs) listing (laughs) services, yeah, is a venerable institution and um, much older than even Greg Garber. So, uh, or I should say, Greg Greg Garber was a guy I used to work with. So yeah, I just (laughs) conflated podcast title. One kind of dweeby. mind. Um, uh, uh, Don Garber, excuse me. The soccer Don, of course, was, uh, Don Manfred, the man I was referring to. Um, but anyway, at, at the league's website, let's put it that way. Um, um, it it had a listing of teams, a breakdown of by age, and um, it it goes by the full roster, so it's a little bit skewed uh, as far as you know who's drawn in and, and who's 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 playing fewer minutes. Does
1: and, that include and so, and so forth? Does that include guys who have been signed partially by crew or from Crew Two on loan? Or I would refer you to uh, MLS for
0: for any <laughs> any further details. Um, but to take away from it. Um, Um, What for for me was, you know, the the youngest teams in the league are are New York Red Bulls, uh, Toronto FC, Montreal, Chicago and Dallas. Those are the five youngest teams ranging from twenty two point seven nine to twenty four point six, six five. And the oldest teams in the league are in order. Nashville, twenty eight point one. The Columbus Crew, twenty seven point eight nine. The Revolution, twenty seven point six three mini at 273 and and Colorado at 272 so the crew is is uh, is 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 still under 28 which is Nashville's average age I think it's the whole roster and I the, the crew also starts um, uh, among their top minutes guys are, are are guys that are all 31 and over when you talk about room Mensa, Santos and, and Nagby um, and I was just wondering Kyle first what does this mean anything uh, mm. in, a, in a grander scheme of things? Uh, f- for instance, um, is is this? You always talk about roster builds, yep. and we're we're seeing um, a, a classic case in a roster build, a rebuild with with the Blue Jackets, for instance. Well, is um, it a,
2: a reload, a rebuild? Well, uh, whatever, whatever they want to call it. <laughs>
0: Yeah, but the point here is where where is the crew in in this in this in this scheme of 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 roster roster? How does age factor in, and are they truly contenders uh, with an average age of
2: twenty seven point eight nine? Well, I think the window's open now. I mean, it's you know this is their window. Yeah, yeah, this is their window. They they had
1: talked. We had talked a lot about twenty twenty them being early, right? Right. And uh, I, I think they had even said that caleb porter had said before 2020 season specifically getting darling to nagby then getting yep. lucas that was the clear sign that all right this is right. they're in
2: win now mode but i mean they switched out zardes for barry i mean that's you know age-wise you know um but it's it's i think it's now it's you have to see what they do this summer if they truly are going to bring in you know quote, any team quote, should be DT. casually retooling right. I, I think but it, they are i mean they got you know, Aiden's in there playing. He's a what is he? 21, twenty. Twenty, 20? I think. Yeah, yeah. So and they got other guys that are that are young. AT, but
0: ATN's twenty five, Barry's yeah. twenty
2: four. I mean,
0: that's right. what I mean it can it can be a bit uh, misleading or a, a tad right. skewed, but generally speaking, it it is an interesting thing to bring up. I think
1: uh, uh, Harrison awful yeah. out, and now you got a twenty seven year old right back
0: but they were in win now mode and they were losing right. now um well the not core, too yeah. long ago here yeah
1: i mean they showed yeah. i think last year that especially when maybe being an older team you're more susceptible to injuries right. guys with injuries injury yep. history too although milton was younger but he had a lot of injury history and then they didn't have a right. depth behind him i think just older teams are more susceptible to things like that the uh, old hammy not surprisingly, Jacob,
0: the, the May 4th window, signing window, well, deadline at the end of the window, the window closing. How many other phrases can I come up with this guy? We should be sponsored by Rosati at this point. Um, <laughs> we should be sponsored by anyone at this point. And, uh, come on, Podfather. Yeah, it's not his fault. It's not his fault. <laughs> um, uh, but uh, not surprisingly, May 4th came and went, and they didn't sign anyone, which was expected. Where, where does all of this stand now? We we covered some of this ground uh, two weeks ago, Jake, uh, Jacob, but uh, we, it, it might behoove us to just go over it again now.
1: Yeah, I can't remember if on the last program we had said this or not, or this had happened after that. But Caleb Porter said they had made a run at a guy and essentially couldn't get him out of his club. Meaning, and I had talked to Tim Bespachenko about this in a Q and A that's on the website. Just a lot of these teams right now, because MLS is in such a different schedule than the rest of the leagues, a lot of these teams are in playoffs or at the end of the season when they're trying to chase the top of the league. They're not going to let some of their players go the summer. They're going to have more targets. So that's why they couldn't get a guy uh, out of his club. It wasn't necessarily the offer, though. Maybe that's something to do with it. But now I think it's just they focus in on a couple guys to try to get them in quickly. But now they have a two month window to look at some more people who is probably on that list already. And, you know, the work continues, uh, that that's, we had talked about, um, Gustavo del Prete, the right. uh, Argentinian yeah. guy that had been rumored. Um, I heard of um, so, some Norwegian guy, uh, as well that I'm working to uh, get confirmed. So, uh, that, you know, the process is, is ongoing. And is it, it's still laser focused on a striker? Yeah, I, I think that's that's clear.
0: I mean, they, they gave a. There is a caveat that they they said you know a, an attacker who might play wing as well, but uh, yeah, talking about something
1: at a forward position with yeah. the aim of uh, generating more offense. Yeah, that's that's right. I think they want a consistent goal score and and have faith that Miguel Berry's going to develop a bit, and they can bring him off the bench and hope they hope he's in good form.
0: And as Jacob mentioned, there's plenty of good material, um, even by Kyle Robertson at, at Dispatch.com. Um, please go check it out. And uh, as he also mentioned, his Q and A with Tim bezbachanko done recently um, had some some interesting. Well, you can read. Between the lines and 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 many of the things that 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 uh, the president and general manager of uh, Colum- the Columbus Crew.
1: Yeah, I, I just so we had set up after the loss at Detroit City, I had reached out to set up a Q and A because
0: because we we all had Caleb Porter being fired within forty eight hours or something like that.
1: <laughs> I I don't think that's no, accurate. that's not it.
0: <laughs> <but I, laughs> So, but anyway, that that was part of part of the conversation. Yeah, as well.
1: and look, I think they know that question is, is coming too. Um, so we had scheduled this then after the the DC match in a couple weeks, and I just you know flat out said, I think you know this question's coming. If the past winless streak continued, or or there's another here, just considering this year and all that, how safe is his job? And it was pretty much the same answer as we've always gotten that they believe. I I believe him, to be honest, too, is they believe Caleb can do the job and they believe he can. It was specifically mentioned that they want to host playoff games. They believe they could still get to that spot this year. One thing I found interesting is, uh, quoting directly from Bez here, it says, "He, he knows that we can't let a bad couple of weeks define a season. Letting two or three losses turn into five or six is something we do not want to happen. You Talked about because it puts you so far behind the playoff line and you got to fight. So that to me was yeah, kind of saying that was well, one of last year's lessons, yeah. It not? yeah. yeah and, and I think you know, in all, all honesty, Caleb probably knows that too. Is f- you five to six losses after what the, happened last year, and you could even look to 2019 a bit as well, be it that group is so different. Um, that just couldn't happen again. And then the question would probably be on the table as if they felt like he's the guy for the job, but seems pretty clear right now. They believe he's um, going, you know, is a guy that can get them back to hosting playoff games and, and contending for, for MLS cup. And one thing he said too, he said the locker rooms together. And I asked, well, how do you assess that? He talked about, <laughs> I, you know, I thought it was valid. I wanted to know too. He talked about, um, just all the different meetings they'll, they'll have with players and, and staff and, and guys coming in do like surveys, which I found interesting. But um, he, I think he's got at least some temperature of the room that says this team can can still do what they need to do this year. They do surveys. He said every day when they come into uh, the facility, they want to you know ask you know essentially how are they how are they doing what what's going on and some other questions, but that's broadly that's it. I did ask about. Do, do they check the standings? I, uh, you know, that's a survey. <laughs> I think we you c- we can always let them know where they are in the. St- maybe that's what uh, uh, you know. We we report on that, right? So they could check that out. I, I One guess. thing I did ask is, uh, so did he get a vote of confidence report from? Would you call that a yeah. vote of confidence? I think is the question. I think right it's now. just taking the the same line he's always taken. That uh, they believe they. They believe he can do the job. I did ask about his contract and said they didn't want to go into that. Um, But, you know, he's in year four. A lot of these contracts are four or five years. Um, Also, sometimes there are incentives if you finish a certain place or win something that can trigger something.
2: So, Like an MLS Cup. Right.
1: (laughs) I don't know that to be true, but, yeah, that's broadly speaking that happens. And he he did win an MLS Cup.
0: I mean, we we tend or. Some people tend right. to put an asterisk on it. But, uh, you know, the fact of the matter is, uh, and if you can look at any sport, when there are truncated yep. seasons, or seasons that are halted and restarted for whatever reason in any sport. Most yep. of the time, the team that comes out on top in the end is 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 the best coach team. You know, you can look at the Washington football teams in the, in the uh, 80s or, or, you know, if you like Tommy Lasorda, his Dodgers, or uh, you know, uh, you look at the, the NBA coaches who've won in, in seasons that have been unsettled. It's it's uh, so good on Porter. That's a good coaching job um, for now. We we haven't seen him yet um, take a, a team through a, a full and uh, uh, considering how. A couple of these teams have been touted. We haven't seen them uh, achieve to the bars they set just for themselves over the course of 34 games.
1: I also got the impression that I think in evaluating all of the results they've had this year that Bezpachenko and the front office staff put a lot of the onus on on the players for not holding up to their their own standards. Then you can get into, well, why is that happening? Um, But when I had asked, like, holistically, how do you evaluate – a coach's performance versus a player's performance he kind of just talked about they don't do one in isolation, and you think looking at the year, they played a lot of really good soccer, although it's not the most exciting uh, when you're not getting the ball in the back of the net. Um, the core and the foundation is there. So I think that was pretty much saying we had we had the opportunities there, and guys just need to put them away. I, I, yeah. You know, it, it usually is the case, but there's a growing – sense that uh the
0: summer siding is is a big one for this for this coach and for this administration
1: yeah they they got to get it right for sure
0: um uh, so once again we'll just uh um mention that uh the grind ahead is at new york city fc on saturday a week later home against lafc and then at atlanta and i forget whether the references is at the birthplace or where the game was invented atlanta that or Seattle? Yeah, one of them. One of them. It was born. <laughs> the game was born there, and then the other place it was in, invented there. Um, well, the fact that the uh, Seattle Sounders have eight Heritage Cups means they've won <laughs> Soccer Heritage for for North America, I presume. Sure. So they they are Heritage, and and you know I'm I'm kind of leading into Seattle being the first MLS team to win the Conc- Concacaf Champions League. Um the first leg uh the two late goals to get it even and back to their place in front of 65,000 um, yeah. people uh
1: That's some luck MLS teams have just simply yeah. never gotten in this tournament especially uh at some of these uh Mexican teams. Right. They they, they, they so they beat Pumas on on aggregate. Um it just torched them yeah. in that game at home. It yeah. I was really impre- I, you know Crew fans hate Seattle fans, right? Is that a thing? Yeah. Um, it was super impressive to see that crowd. It's it, it's tough. It'd be like you know Austin winning a Heritage
0: Cup or something Oof. like that. It's it, it's going to rankle here. But you know, uh, every organization and we've heard it here uh, <laughs> ad, ad nauseum since since the well. Everyone says we want to win every trophy we can, and like you give them credit for um, you know Campioni's Cup, which was a you know ABC uh, after-school special of a of a of a trophy. Um, CCL has some meat on it, and uh, the Sounders are are one team, uh, one organization that actually has won every trophy. Yeah, I mean, yeah, like I that. mean, and and it's not that old a team. Uh, aside from the eight aforementioned heritage cups. So they, they not only do they own all the heritage, um, but you know, four us open cups, two MLS cups, two times runner up and, uh, one supporter shield. Um, and that's, that's competing for trophies. And that's, that's, uh, (laughs) I mean, in in their brief span of time, it it is remarkable. I, I hate to tip my cat cap to the Emerald city. Um, but, um, I have to say they, they are heritage. Anything to add to that, gentlemen?
2: I, I'm, I'll just say it's you know it's, it's really good. I hope they play the
1: yeah. Real Real Madrid or yeah. Liverpool in the first game. That's all I want yeah. to see is an MLS team to play the UEFA right. Champions League. Wouldn't that be cool, though? Yeah, I mean, be I mean, yeah, yeah. Let's go. I love that. What was it? Uh, Tigres when they played Bayern, Bayern Munich in, in the, the Club World yeah, Cup. Club World oh, wasn't yeah. it the final? Yeah, it might have been. Yeah, That, that was fun. Yeah. I want to see an MLS team do that.
0: Well, that's it. Anything else to add, gentlemen, before uh, Patrick does that shuts get out the, the luncheon? Does that get them yeah. in the Club World
2: Cup? No? Yeah. Yeah, yeah oh, they're wow. in
0: that. Yeah. So that that's going to be fun to see that draw. Do we know when that yeah. draw is, Jacob? Somewhere
1: in the... It's like, well, support. it's going to be... Because this year so screwy. Yeah. With the it's November. likely going to be played in 2023 yeah. at, at yeah. some point. Yeah. yeah. I, I would assume probably that summer after the... Yeah, v- i just Europa wondering place. about the draw yeah,
0: again. It's, it's, it's a, a strange year with the November World Cup and the seventh ring of hell and... Uh, uh, at least temperature-wise, and, and that's why it's in the fall. But uh, I digress some more, and I think that's all we have to say
1: here. Um, Plug a couple things. Oh, please oh, yeah. do, Jacob. Uh, there was a really cool story. I think some of you probably saw it on Twitter that uh, Stephen Morera drove home this family that was outside Laredo field after a game, and like they couldn't get a cab or anything, and just happened to stop this guy in the street, and it was Stephen Morera, and he drove. 13 14 miles uh, back back to their hotel. So I talked to him, he was still laughing about it like 2 days later and, and I talked to the family. Um there's even like an anecdote in there. Steven like he gave so he gave the kid uh, a jersey. It was a family of 3 and the kid was in town for a youth tournament and the the dad had his number from the night before and sent him a video of the kid making some saves and and Steven texted back something like uh was Macklin was his name. He said Macklin Neuer. Uh, (laughs) I thought that was pretty great. And then I wrote a story kind of profile on James Igbekeme, how he went from Nigeria to the third division, Portugal ended up here. And and he said he wants to stay here. Um, Kind of an interesting nugget about like how he met his wife too. Uh, They didn't know anyone he, essentially just saw her profile on Facebook and thought, Oh, that person's pretty. I'm going to message her. And now they're married <laughs> and have a kid. Um, so those are the little anecdotes I think are really cool. And then Kyle and I did a pretty cool event yep. the other day at yesterday. Yeah. Yesterday at lower.com field of uh, the crew did this fundraiser started back in October, trying to raise resources for children's mental health and uh, they did so by selling these scarves that went up to almost a mile in length when tied together and it it set a world record
2: so you can talk about it a little bit i just thought it was cool no i mean uh, i think mental health in youth sports is a, is a huge thing i think it's after the whole concussion um, kind of phase of of being really important i think that's this is the next next phase so if you're dealing with any sort of pressure or your kid is or anything, go to, I think it's on your sleeves. Yeah. Nationwide Um, children's
1: hospital and they have a bunch of
2: resources and really cool stuff. And, you know, I, I, I think it is super important. And I have two, two little ones that are kind of getting started and, you know, that's something we'll definitely be, I'll be reading up and kind of checking in and, you know, just parents put a lot of pressure on their kids and, you know, you, you see stories was it the, um, the the softball player, uh, yeah, you know,
1: earlier two NCAA from, athletes, yeah. Yeah. Um, and then the soccer yep. player at Stanford. Yeah, very sad, um, but important to yep. speak up and you know let people know yep. and, and ask, "Are you okay?" Yep. So I, I think it's really cool whenever teams do stuff like that, and you know keep it fun.
0: Yeah. So uh, all you adults and. In a position of, of impacting children. Myself don't, included. Don't, yeah, you too. Don't, don't get thrown out of baseball games <laughs> for arguing with
1: umpires. That, that's
0: no example to set,
1: Jacob. You're right. I did not. I only got threatened yeah. for not saying <laughs> yeah, anything. That's good. set a good example for the Lubs. Well, well, should we pivot hard to uh, Caleb Porter after the D.C. United game apologizing for his comments about sure. Jossie yeah. Zardes? I don't yeah. know if you had any I, I to say I was, about that.
0: I was, I, you know what, I... I Frankly, I've I've been out of town Mm -hmm. um, and uh, I'm
1: not all that familiar with it. Why don't you take me through it? So there was a quote he said before the D.C. United game, um, just explaining the club's rationale a little bit more about trading Jossie Zardes. And he said, we just feel like right now is the time. He's not on the up. I'd say he's not falling off the cliff like some players do. But slowly he's going to start going down because of his age. And again, we just need a little bit more there. Talked about how they need a guy who can reliably get fifteen to twenty goals in a season. With the, you know, he insinuated that Jossie's not the guy. Um, and at the end of his contract, they didn't want to renew him. Some fans took that very harshly, and obviously, Caleb Porter saw it. Well, and he, a-
0: everyone can think that, but yep. saying it um, is is. Uh, about a guy with that much class yeah. uh, makes you appear to have much less class is, is yeah. what I'll say about that. Uh, Take the high road. Yeah, especially with a guy yeah. like that. So the fans reacted, I imagine, similarly.
1: Yeah, they they thought he was bashing him a bit. And, and you know, unprompted after the game, Caleb apologized, said he didn't like the way his, um, he, just his comments came out um, and reflecting on that. He said, I didn't like my choice of words. I reached out to him and apologized to him personally by no means uh, were some of the words I use in the phrases they use indicative of how I feel about a person and a player like him. So that's it. Okay. I was like, he always has to have the last say.
0: Yes. And
1: with that last yeah.
0: say, we'll, we'll <laughs> sign out here for Jacob Myers and go to dispatch.com if, if you would. There's lots of great stuff in there. And for Kyle Robertson, one of the finest photographers in the world, is what it said. And Patrick Flaherty uh, at the controls here in our studio. Patrick, kick us out of here. <laughs>